podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yes, guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. It is the Cardiff City Show, where we talk all things Cardiff and a little bit of uh, championship generally. But uh, what a few days it's been, eh? What a few days it's been. Um, now, I don't want to big up my previews and my analysis, whatever you want to call it, but I've been saying for at least for the last four weeks that Cardiff have been playing well. The league table's not telling quite how they're playing. They've been a bit unlucky. And if Swansea played Cardiff in their current form, Swansea, Cardiff would be very comfortable. And I also said Cyopolis has got some incredible cross-ball, long balls in him. When I did the scout report, also happened. But we'll talk about it all. So much to discuss. Things... Finally, a bit positive for Cardiff, which is a bit unheard of in recent times. So that's a bit nice. Six points in four days. Gotta love that. We'll uh, we'll talk about it all. We'll break down it all. We'll have a little... We like to delve deep into the tactics and stuff like that as well. We don't just half-ass it, as it were. So we'll have a good look. If you've got any questions, you want to say anything, get them in, all that good stuff. Um just while we wait for a few of the, the latecomers and stuff like that. As always, massive shout out to the Sports Social Podcast Network who allow us and, and host all our audio shows. Massive. So if people listen on the Sports Social Podcast Network, drop a little tweet or a comment, let us know you do so. Let You listen to the audio versions and stuff like that. Um, big up to them because uh, they are. It is a, it's a massive, massive help, i got to say. And, uh, of course, if you're not already, you should be. Get in and become a member. Patreon.com slash Ace Podcast Nation. Literally the price of a coffee per month. Keeps the channel afloat. Keeps the lights on. Allows us to go and use Eat Slick Media and, and, and stuff like this. Everything goes back into the channel. Uh, long-term viewers will know we've got plans to make a documentary surrounding uh, Mr. Campbell's goals. Stuff like that. The impact it had on Cardiff as a club. Um, we've got plans for a, a kind of online series, Stroke TV pilot. Um, with myself and Rodri called Fever Pitch, um, which is like a chat show type thing. We don't actually need a great deal of funding to film that pilot, but we've got to get some. Um, but all that, like being a member, like two quid or £2.50 a month, really helps go towards all that. So if you can do it, please do. We have uh, You get exclusive content as well and um, all sorts of other rewards and stuff like that. Uh, including the Monday night show, which is always a good time where we talk about all sorts of stuff, not just football related. But uh, look, we know what we're all here to talk about. We are here to talk about Cardiff City. We are here, I guess, first and foremost, we're going to talk the uh, we're going to talk about the South Wales derby, which took place at quarter to eight on Saturday night, which was crazy. Uh, still crazy to me, even though it's happened since. Uh, Matthew says, "All aboard the Patreon train, get in." Yeah, it's a it's a lot, of, lot, a lot of good fun talking on there on that. That Monday show is a lot of fun. We just talk about all sorts of wild stuff. Um, look, before we kind of delve into the game as well, I, one thing I will say is, um, I don't think that the Cardiff City manager could have done much more to impress me um, in his short period at the club. Now, that's not to say that long-term, you know, it's all going to work out. It's all going to be rosy. We don't know yet. Like, well, it's Cardiff, so I'm sure there'll be some spanners in the work at some point. But so far, I've been so impressed with how he's handled himself, the things he said, generally speaking. Um, but most of all, like, his tactical awareness has been pretty spot-on. Like, some little tweaks... Um, like the first tweak, which I think has had a massive impact on Gutas's game in the last couple of games, is he swapped Gutas and Mark McGuinness' sides. So Gutas, I think, is playing off the right-hand side. And um, 
he looks so much more comfortable. He's able to show people down the outside. He looks way, way more comfortable. And he looks much more suited to the championship than he did a couple of games ago. A couple of games ago, I felt like he wasn't quite struggling, but I did think that the championship was maybe a bit quick for him. And and was he going to be the guy? Maybe it wasn't going to work out for him. So it was kind of interesting for that. Um, And just that little tweak. And I think, you know, the manager's shown he's got good awareness to do that. It's a little tweak, but it makes a big difference to how the team and the and the, everything's set up, how the players go. And um, I think it's, that's first and foremost. Um, so, we had Cardiff Swansea Saturday night. I think, uh, generally speaking, I thought Cardiff lined up as expected. I don't think there was any major shocks. Like... Um, I think that was pretty much as we could we had called it midweek. I understand people wanted Tanner, but I also understood why the manager wasn't going to go with him. For me, the one place that was up for grabs was that sort of right hand side. He went with Mate, and I thought that actually I thought Mate had a a decent game. Um I thought Siopis was just electrifying. I thought he was absolutely superb against Swansea. Um he had a little bit of a a quiet spell against Coventry, but we'll, I'll try and stick to the games separately, generally speaking. Um, one of the most pleasing things about the two games over the four days, for me personally, has been going into the Swansea game after the international break, there was a bit of a question of whether he was going to stick with Jamalu Collins. Would he take him out of the limelight? Because Jamalu had looked a bit as if he was not afraid to tackle, but he was obviously, it was clear that he had in his mind about his injury, which is understandable. It was a it was a brutal brutal injury. So he, he had pulled out of a couple of tackles or half-hearted a couple of tackles. And um, in the first half against Swansea, he went flying into this tackle, boom, won the ball. And you could almost see from that moment that that was what he needed psychologically, was to go into a 50-50 and not get hurt. And I thought he was, from that moment onwards in the Swansea game, I thought he was outstanding. And um, also in the Coventry game, I thought he was excellent last night. And I'll talk about that in a bit. Um, Reese says, don't want to be disrespectful in any way, but the minute silence sounded like the Jack shouts. I mean, I felt the crowd needed that. If it just got the crowd riled up just enough for better ammo. Yeah, I mean, look, I think in a game like that, the a minute's applause is more likely to, is better because... There's such when you've got games where there's such hatred between the fans, it's very, very difficult to do a minute silence. And yeah, look, Swansea, like as fan base, there they it's been put as poor. I'd be, I'd say the same thing if it was a minute silence at the Liberty and and the city fans were sort of chanting or saying stuff through the minute silence. Come on, you know, someone's lost their life, it's you got to be better than that. In my opinion, but it is what it is. It did add to the atmosphere because Cardiff fans were riled up by it, and it is what it is. Um, I saw a lot of people saying that the first half against Swansea was like a boring first half, and and nothing really happened. I found it like quite tactically engrossing, like two managers, and for so many years we've seen Swansea. You know, even when we've had. Decent results against them. Quite often, we don't have a lot of possession. Swansea just kind of knock it about. They play their stuff. A lot of movement off the ball. They're very comfortable on the ball. They're happy to, you know, play it in the back, along the back line, stuff like that. And those roles were, like, almost completely reversed. Cardiff looked so comfortable on the ball. They were just knocking it about, very confident, playing through the back, playing through the midfield. Lots of movement off the ball. You know, and I'm saying the first half was like electrifying. It took a bit to get going, but but I don't think it was as boring, or at least it wasn't for me as people I've seen some people in implying. Um, I thought Mark McGuinness, absolute superb, really, really is developing into a top midfielder. Uh, sorry, top defender. And if he carries on the form he's had at the start of the season, I'm kind of worried that we're going to keep on to him in the summer. Um. Just going through the game, I was really happy to see 
Jack Anwick in goal. I was so pleased to see that because it didn't feel he got deserved to be dropped against Ipswich. And um, it was great to see him back. And I thought he did a great job. Didn't have a great deal to do because Swansea didn't have a shot on target. Um, Swansea were very poor. Like as 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 bad as I said their form was, you know, it was it was poor going into it. Um, I was even I was surprised how poor they were. They were kind of lot a lot of uh, hopeful kind of long balls and stuff like that. And it was only really when Cullen came on at eighty two, Ginley came on about sixty three minutes. I thought he did all right, but all of them were dreadful apart from that. I thought um. What's the captain's name? Swansea captain uh, Grimes. He was dreadful. Um, and if I was a Swansea fan and my captain is performing like that, I would not be happy. But I'm not a Swansea fan, so I'm happy. Um, I was not disappointed. Um, in my preview, I said that the danger men were those kind of two number tens, and uh, I pointed out Liam Cullen and sort of Ginley as well. And I was very, very happy to see both on the bench, I've got to be honest. Um, I don't think it would have made a great deal of difference, but they did make a bit... They did look more dangerous, or they caused us more issues um, when they came on. I can't believe how exposed uh, Swansea left Cabango. At certain points, he was like one-on-one up against the City forwards. But um, overall, in the Swansea game, I thought... um, like Carl and Grant, which is going to be a bit of a theme of this, but um, he didn't have like the most electrifying game. You know, he wasn't incredible going forward, but his work rate off the ball to constantly be in protecting uh, Collins is so underrated. Like he works his absolute bollocks off. And I think hopefully that goal from last night against Coventry will give him a bit of a, uh, something will click with him going forward because, you know, He's highly rated as a, as a forward. I've been really impressed with his work off the ball. Even if he's not playing well, he'll still work hard for the team. And I think that's what the manager wanted um, from Tanner, which is why he got hooked uh, previously. But Siopis, um, I thought it was a really clever decision to play Wintle alongside Siopis because Wintle is not like uh, he's not a one-dimensional defensive midfielder as we've seen in the EFL Cup and in the Coventry game, he's uh, he's quite capable of being a bit further up the pitch and, you know, being quite clever on the ball, good runs. He doesn't, he's not just a destroyer who has to sit in front of a defence. So he probably hasn't quite got the passing range of Joe Rawls, but he has certainly got a bit more legs in him. He's got a bit more aggression and he's, and his passing is not bad. So Siopis and, and Wintle alongside each other was clever. And then obviously Ramsey was just strutting around doing his stuff, just adding that quality link-up play. One thing which I was really, really happy to see, one of the things I've been, is almost been like a conundrum for Cardiff is, do you go with Mate up front, who's got excellent link-up play, but his finishing hasn't quite hit the heights that it can so far this season, or do you go with Ugbo, who seems to have a knack of scoring, but his link-up play is dreadful. I thought his link-up play was really, really, really good against Swansea in the first half. Um, he really got involved. He played a lovely... His first touch was excellent. Played a lovely couple of balls to, to Ramsey and one inside to Carlin Grant inside the fullback. That was really exciting to see because I've seen something from Ugbo in the last few games that I wasn't seeing in pre-season, I wasn't seeing in the earlier games, is one, he's, he's got the hunger, he'll work hard, but he's and he's got a knack of being in the right place at the right time. However, I wasn't happy with how he was linking up play when he was dropping in deep, which is not the end of the world, but you do need that from a striker. You need him to be able to link up play and not have the ball bouncing off him or... or what not. And I thought he was excellent. Atete, well, I'll talk about in a minute. Um, Mate, I thought, had a really good game for 80 minutes. I thought he could have maybe come off 10 minutes early against Swansea, but I, I understood why he didn't. He was working really hard for the team. He'd had a couple of chances as well. Um, but look, Tanner changed the, the game. The game was kind of drifting, not towards a draw. I, I, 
and this was what was so surreal for as a Cardiff fan, is I never felt like I never felt in uncomfortable like Swansea were going to pinch it. I felt like it was either going to be a draw or Cardiff would win. Like Swansea just with that poor. Um Tanner comes on, changes the game, first touches really. What a, what a fucking goal that is. For your first goal for Cardiff City to just what a the first touch, like everything about it, the first touch, the drop of the shoulder, the the jink inside, everything, then the finish. Like I cannot tell you how much how well you all know, like that is genuine quality. That's not just uh he's you know he said that he's a bit you know he's caught that well like genuinely top class touch beats the man and just finishes it and also to be able to do that cold like that was the first touch he did so to be able to, to to control the ball and then beat the man and then finish it with your first sort of three or four touches within your first three four touches is sensational and he changed the game his pace his directness really changed the game off the bench they couldn't handle him and like i said about um cabango they left him very isolated i was surprised by that i felt like particularly even before tana came on with mate and grant i felt like you, you to defend that directness you need to double up a bit um or have some support for the wide defenders or defenders in the wide areas swansea just went one-on-one and I thought that was a mistake. And, and Tanner really just gave him an absolute nightmare from the moment he came on, which was great to see. Great to see. Um, Cardiff dominated. Like, with, you know, I know it's 2 0 and I don't want to get too carried away, but Swansea were poor and Cardiff were excellent. And take that all day long. Like, a relatively stress free South Wales derby on the back of four defeats is about as good as anyone could hope for. Genuinely. Um, excited by where this manager could possibly take Cardiff. But do you know what would be the most Cardiff thing ever? Is in January or in the summer, sell McGuinness, sell Syopis, sell whoever, and then like not capitalise on the manager. Manager gets off to a bad start and next year and then it's all over. Like that would be the most Cardiff thing ever. Like you imagine though, just on a, if we go a bit hypothetical for a minute, if Kiefer Moore is still not playing come January and Cardiff are within reach of the playoffs, which is viable, the way they're playing, just in the top 10, you know, in touch with the playoffs, if we could bring in a Kiefer Moore, we could really be cooking on gas because we've got players to come back, remember, as well. Um, we've got Ruben Corwell in the background. I was a little bit disappointed Ruben Corwell didn't get to come on against Coventry. But, um, you know, I understood. Um, Robinson's a bit of a weird one as well, mind. Like, he's just getting a few minutes here and there. I don't know if he's not fit or if he's doesn't fit in the way the manager wants to play. I feel like he'd be really good through the middle as number as where Ugbo's playing, but I, I that's not to say I would necessarily want to drop Ugbo because I think he's doing a good job for the team. But I do feel like Robinson could be a massive asset, particularly at home in that number nine position, getting in behind. When you've got the quality of Ramsey and you've got Grant hitting, starting to go up the gears, you've got Mete playing well, you've got Tanner playing well, you've got Bowler to come back, you've got O'Dowder to come back. Having someone like Callum Robinson through the middle could cause all sorts of problems for the opposition when we're on the front foot, on the break as well. So I don't know what it is with him. I don't know if the manager doesn't quite fancy him or whether he's still just finding a bit of fitness and he's easing him back in because he's got other players to kind of do the job. It's interesting. Um, I'd like to think it's, a, I think it's an injury thing and he's just getting finding his feet and he doesn't need to rush him back because he has got other options. Um, Atete, maybe some other people will correct me, but um, not a fan. I think, um, I think he's... He's lazy. I think his his body language is a bit terrible. Um, like you really notice a drop in the in the pressing in the his his areas when Ugbo goes off, 
and Atete comes on, he's kind of, there's a lot more walking. The opposition defenders get a lot more time to sort of play it or play it through into the midfield. And look, I don't know whether that's just what he's been instructed to do, but um, I'm not a fan of his body language and everything I've seen in terms of off the ball, not a fan of that either. But then saying that against Coventry, he took his goals so well and he earned um, a, f- a really vital free kick towards the end. But I reached just today, I noticed when a Teddy comes on, we go long ball, we lump it. And that's a problem. And I think, do you know, that's causing us a problem defensively as well. So like I'll use the, like the Swansea game as an example. The reason why Cardiff never looked under any sort of pressure against Swansea, but even late on, Swansea had one chance where the guys just completely missed the volley. I think he thought he was offside. But but like Swansea didn't have a shot on target. And for the 80 minutes that we played without um, a Tete... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The we never looked, we never lumped it forward, we never really played like even sort of direct balls, you know, playing the sort of percentages behind the fullbacks and stuff. We was all just controlling the possession of the football, playing football, moving off the ball, pass and move like so good to see. And what that means is Swansea never were able to get a footing in the game. Whereas if you look at the Coventry game yesterday and Atete comes on a lot earlier, once it's gone uh, 3-1, we just go long and it creates more pressure on the midfield, on the defence. And because Atete doesn't press, um, the defence is able to then, in Coventry's defence was able to just play the ball through and play into the midfielders and then get on the ball and actually put us under pressure. And because we have conceded late goals, when you start getting the ball in the box and the ball around the box, you do panic and they do get nervous. So I think Atete is a, a problem which we're creating for ourselves because there is other options. Maybe when Odauda and Bowler are back, maybe Mete drops to the bench or, or plays as the number nine and then you can bring on Ugbo or vice versa. So Atete is not a necessity. Maybe he feels like he's a necessity. But personally, I would rather see... Um, oops. Uh, I'd rather see the... Like, I'd rather see Robinson come on because Robinson will press and press and press and he'll get in behind when teams tire. And... Um, and, yeah, I think uh, Robinson could be, like, massive for us because... Say you've got Ugbo on for an hour and then you bring Robinson on. Like, Robinson will just run defenders, put them under pressure, help us keep the pressure on the team. Not necessarily chasing goals, but just not letting them play out, not letting them get foot in in the game. So, I want to switch to the Coventry game because I thought, again, tactically was really interesting. He's rested Aaron Ramsey straight away. So, like, the initial feeling of oh my god no Ramsey tonight before the game I think went really quickly into the game they kind of started on the front foot really really calmly on the ball the way we're just knocking about the movement up front the pressing it's all really encouraging I think probably two three minutes into the game I'd forgotten Ramsey wasn't playing Syopis I thought was good for about half hour against Coventry. Then I thought he faded. And then I thought he was really good towards the end. So Cardiff, like, I made a couple of notes last night as I was going because a few things which I noticed, which I find really fascinating. I hope you guys do as well, like, just tactically, really. So, like, Cardiff dominated for 34 minutes. 
like dominated. Coventry just could not get on the ball. They couldn't keep the ball. We kept pressing and winning it and disrupting, and we'd create chances on the on the transitions. Then from that, we were really really clever tactically. So Baloo set his side. It's really interesting to watch because so we set up four three three, but actually, depending on where we are on the pitch, if we've got the ball or not. We go through about three, four different formations. So we line up 4-3-3. If, say, we're playing out through defence, we'll have, we'll almost go to like a 2-2-4 and then a 2. It's really interesting. And then sometimes we'll go with like into like a, almost like a 3-4-3. It's it's really, really interesting how they do it and how they move and how he's using Perry NG off the ball. Perry NG was colossal last night. He was so good on the ball, off the ball, but he's it was really clever what they were doing. So what what we did yesterday, which was what I find so clever, is we played four three three. So we had three central midfielders. We had Siopis, Wintle and Rawls, all quite central players, no width. But we created overloads in central areas, which then released the wide players and they had so much space because Coventry in that first half hour had to cap, had to keep coming into the middle to try and deal with the numbers that Cardiff had. We had, so we had the three midfielders, but then NG would push up to make it four. Um, sometimes one of the wingers, uh, either it was it who started, it was uh, Carlin Grant and Tanner. One of them would drop in just into that almost like a number 10, a wide number 10 position to create a five. Uh, but then, so say NG would go up into the midfield to create that four. What uh, Collins would then get up with Grant and underlap him. So we then a couple of times we'd work it through the numbers in midfield. Siopis would get it or Winter would get it. They'd spray it out to the left to Carlin Grant's feet, who was high and wide. And then Collins would come on the underlap and we'd be just creating chances. But it, that's so clever for like if someone like Purple Clop or some other track was doing this, like people would be raving about it. But because it's, you know, Cardiff City in the championship, no one like necessarily raves about it, but I think it's so clever. Carlin Grant just works his nuts off all the way. Um, Perry NG. And then also if Collins moves up into the midfield, Perry NG will then, and Tanner will be high and wide. And I thought Tanner was really clever. Like in the first half out of the two of them, it was Carlin Grant was, uh, yeah, Carlin Grant was kind of high and wide on the left. And then Tanner would drop in. But then all of a sudden, almost in like a fluid one movement, Collins would be in the midfield. Grant would have slotted in more like an inside left forward. And Tanner was high and wide. And NG was up with him. And they created chances that way. And it was so fluid off the ball. Really, really impressed by uh, how quickly Baloo was being able to implement that level of tactical awareness to those players. Like a lot of these players played last year and looked shite, but suddenly they're tactically aware enough to do this sort of football. Um, Ugbo, I think, is getting better every game. I've got that in my notes. I thought his link-up play was good again. Um, we overloaded the midfield and got great numbers with the advantage in the wide. Yeah, um, Kyle and Grant works tirelessly. Um, really, really happy to see at no point versus Coventry. Um, look, I don't think Coventry are what they were last year. They lost a couple of important players. But what was interesting to me is they, you know, they're not bad. And they I didn't think that they deserved 3 2. I'll I'll talk about that in a minute. But like at no point was Jamalu Collins or Perry NG isolated one on one versus the wing. I think there was one point towards the end, which actually caused the corner for the first, Coventry's first goal towards the end of the first half, where <coughs> Gutas got isolated versus the winger and he gives away a corner, which is, you know, he did his job. But that was one of the only times where they had a one-on-one in the wide areas because Tanner and Carl and Grant 
were working so tirelessly to create a five. So, yeah, talking about the formations, I mentioned all those formations when we've got the ball and we're moving through the zones. When Coventry had the ball, we went to like a 4-5-1. Almost seamlessly, the two wide players would be in there. The three would slot in. Cyopas would be in front of the defence. Very, very clever. And then as soon as you win the ball from that, you go from a 4-5-1 to like a 4-1-4-1, like really quickly. Clever, clever. I like it. Um, so I did like that 4-3-3 with, with when you haven't got a Ramsey because I think it gives you a lot of... What's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say fluidity, but like a lot of flexibility in and out of possession without it being super confusing for the players. It's quite simple and provides you with a way to overload the other team in different places, different parts of the pitch. Um, so I like that formation for those players with no Ramsey, like I said. I would have I would have liked to have seen Caldwell come in as a direct replacement for Ramsey, but I also felt, because you, Wintle and Syrupis are undroppable at the moment, after the, especially after the South Wales Derby performances, but be, previous to that, Joe Rawls had been exceptional since Syrupis had come in. So I could understand wanting to bring Joe Rawls in, especially with Ramsey out, get a bit of that experience. Um, I thought at the start of the game, Tanner was a little keen, or certainly the first half, Tanner was a little keen to impress, obviously because he's starting on the back of having a massive impact in the South Wales derby. So I thought he was really keen to to impress the manager, make a statement, you know, build on it. It's understandable. So he was just a bit eager and he's made a couple of wrong decisions just when he was dribbling and then resulted in a couple of heavy touches. But I thought as the game went on, he got much better and it wasn't an issue. Defensively, he was excellent. Just needed a little bit of composure in that sort of first half an hour. But he, you know, and when he did find that composure, he created chances. Um, I thought Coventry scored massively against the run of play to make it one all. But I also thought it was a really clever goal from Coventry. It's a corner. It gets headed out. And the temptation is for the, the player it comes to to just smash it, go for the shot straight away. Because everyone's out of position. And I thought it was really, really clever how the first guy gets it, he passes it to his left. The other guy gets it and he passes it into the box. And then the guy strikes it home. Like, that's a lot of composure in a in a pressure situation when you haven't really had a foot in in the game. I thought City were a bit slow to get out from the initial clearance, but nothing that you're going to lose your head about. Um, but very, very Cardiff and very, very Championship, completely against the run of play. Um, and I put a little note at this point to myself and said, please don't bring on a Tete, which is interesting because he did score. But... Um, and then what else have I put? I put Gutas and McGuinness swapping sides has been a small tweak, but has um, really aided Gutas. I thought, you know, great to see him get a goal. Great. I thought he was excellent all game. Um, but, but again, Mark Robbins made a really interesting tactical tweak in the first half where Cardiff were just getting overloaded in the in the middle of the park, like I said. And we were getting so much easy possession and we were able to create then in the wide areas. So what he did, because we were only playing one up front, he told one of his centre-halves to push into midfield into the CDM role so that you ended up with the cent one of the central defenders went into defensive midfield and then that allowed them to create a bit of an overload, uh, cut the ball or stopped Wintle from finding those little pockets of space, which he really benefited from in the first half where he was finding these pockets of space and spraying balls out wide. And that stopped that. And that was about the 25, 30 minute mark that he did that. And they scored after 34 minutes. And that was the first time really they'd got, like I said, they, they'd got into those wide areas and isolated some of the, some of the kind of defenders. So I thought that was clever for Mark Robbins. So then you go into halftime, one all, and you're thinking, ah, we should be winning this. Coventry didn't really deserve deserve a goal. And then all of a sudden, uh, what's his head? Uh, Boulou. Uh, Boulou makes a couple of tactical changes of his own. And I thought, look, I thought it was really, really clever again from him. He tells Tanner and Carlin Grant straight away from the 
from the very first whistle in the second half, high, high, high and wide. And what that meant <coughs> is that Coventry were pinned back straight away and we isolated them straight away. Isolated them in the wide areas. Isolated them. Had them on the back foot. And uh, it was it was a joy to watch. I thought Cardiff were excellent in the second half. Atete's goal, brilliantly taken. Um, Carlin Grant deserved his goal. Great finish, great header. But he was superb all night. And I know, like, you know, people have been a bit mixed on him in the so far this season. Um, Carlin Grant last night, for me, him and Perry NG, I thought were the best two players on the park. And um, I was glad that Carlin Grant got his got his goal and I hope he can kick on now with his his forward play because his you know the work rate part of his game has been excellent. And we played that football, that tactical masterclass from Baloo. We did that with no Aaron Ramsey. So like if I was a fan of other teams in the championship and I watched that Coventry game, I'm looking at that and thinking, fucking hell, Cardiff could be a problem this year because They've just outplayed someone who got to last year's playoff final. It was no way it was a three-two game. The the second Coventry goal has just come from from nerves. Six minutes into injury time, nerves and Cardiff did drop a little bit deep. We've got to stop doing this to ourselves. But as, as Reese mentioned in the chat earlier, it's very much caused by when a tactic comes on, we go much more direct. Whereas when we are just comfortable playing our football and retaining possession, teams can't deal with us. Or they certainly don't look like scoring against us because they can't get the ball and we're happy to have the ball. So I'd like to see us be a bit more composed with the ball when... I'd like to see us be a bit more composed on the ball when we're protecting the lead just because the Tete comes on doesn't mean that you can or you need to just go direct and you need to sort of lump it long ball because I just saw something come up on my chat which is like well not my chat on saying which is a bit weird someone's just said Joe Rogan's died I don't know if that's true um hopefully not um <clears throat> someone could check that out for me I'd appreciate it but uh, yeah, I just think I'd like to see us be more composed when we've got that lead, because I think some of these late goals are caused a lot of like the the one uh, against Leicester was purely caused by just nerves and dropping deeper and deeper and deeper, and the ball drops in a box, and we kind of just slice it and it ricochets around. But when we actually are, are on the ball and, and just playing our stuff. We control teams very well. Um, let's have a look at some of the comments then, guys, because I haven't uh, haven't done too much comments. I've been banging on about tactics for ages. Um, but that's what we do. We like to have a little delve into stuff. Um, let's have a look. We're going to go all the way back. So where uh, Will said, Robinson's been injured, so just getting back to fitness now. Yeah, I think so. Laura uh, Reese's mum says, uh, not a fan of a tete either. Yeah, I just and I don't like his body language. I think he's look at the difference between him and Robinson when they come on the pitch. Robinson's trying to do everything he can to prove that he should be a starter. Atete is almost like he believes he should be the starter, but not without putting the work in. Uh, Reese said about the long ball thing. Will says not a fan of Atete. He's weak. Even Baloo said he needs to build more muscle. Not championship standard yet. I think there's something there technically. Like I thought his finish was it was a great like that finish was not easy and he made it look easy. So I can see I think I remember telling you guys when he came in, the club was they viewed it as a bit of a coup, him and Ugbo both were like, Yeah, we that's a bit of a coup. Um and I couldn't see it for a long time. So obviously Atete's had more longer at Cardiff. Um, to settle, but I'm starting to see why they like Ugbo. That goal, that finish last night from Atete 
makes me think, right, he's got it in him. He needs to work harder and lose the sort of shaking of the head and the waving of the hands at his teammates. Um, Reese says he can't hold the ball up. He gets bullied for it too much. He's too easy to defend against. He has one good in turn. Last night was that one good game. I didn't think he was that good, though, mate. I thought he had a great finish, but I didn't think he was very... I thought he caused us problems by his lack of pressing. And when he does press, you could see, like, if he did it, if he pressed like Robinson, he would cause all sorts of problems because he's quite pacey. Um, Reese it tells me the fact he's bringing on a Tete so late on means he likes the target man, and we'll probably see one come in January. A Tete will go out on low. Yeah, I admit, I'm convinced that if, unless Kiefer Moore is playing week in, week out, there's a very good chance that Cardiff will bring Kiefer Moore in in January. It's particularly if we're in a sort of top 10 in touch with the playoffs. Um, Reese says, didn't think the midfield trio worked last night. Rolls was quiet, I felt, and we needed a real number 10 to move into the spaces. It was the perfect game for Ruben Corwell, I thought. So I disagree with you on it working. I agree with you that Rolls was quiet, but I think it was because he did a slightly different role. Um, and I also agree with you that Ruben, I would have liked to have seen Ruben Corwell play. I understand why they didn't. <clears throat> I thought the system worked really well. Uh, I also thought I thought Wintle was excellent because Wintle actually played a bit more like the attacking midfielder. He wasn't quite a number 10, but he was like the attacking midfielder. In the first half, he was finding a lot of pockets of space and he was kind of, you know, being that sort of creative thing in the middle of the field. Um I thought, yeah, like the players looked super tired by the hour mark. And it's understandable. They played two get two tough games in, in four games. All championship games are tough anyway. But to um to you know to do a South Wales derby and then have a, a playoff finalist straight away is beautiful. Um Reese's mum says great game, butt clenching at the end. Yeah, it was frustratingly three two because it really didn't feel like it was that close a game. I thought Cardiff would come to be the better side. And I thought, um, you know, we should have should have been more like a 3-1 than a 3-2. Because I thought Coventry's first goal was clever. clever. Um, Matthew says, my thoughts on Tanner last night. Looked really strong on the ball. Defensively, it looked to me as if he didn't know where or what he was doing. Maybe a bit harsh, but my opinion... I thought he worked really, really hard and he got back to protect NG in that first half. Second half, maybe not as much. But first half, I thought he did a good job of making sure NG wasn't isolated one-on-one with a winger, which is effectively his job. And like I said, they switched really quickly to 4-5-1 when Coventry got the ball, which meant that we were quite solid, quite organised. Um it's not his game, is it? Defensively, I think he's still adapting and learning that part of that, that part of football. Like he's played in like lower league, lower standard. He's probably as the sort of flair winner or whatever. He's probably been given free reign to not do a lot of defensive work. So then, when you've got a manager in the championship telling you, "No, you need to work. You need to be be become a midfielder," when we haven't got the ball, like it's difficult, isn't it? But I understand that I think that part of his game will get better. Um, Reese says, Wintle seemed to drift further forward and play that number 10 role. He's not bad, but I feel with Ruben in there, he'd have found more spaces, worked the channels more with his passing. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I thought Wintle was fine. But I think I would like to have seen Wintle and Syopis again as a two with Ramsdale. Uh, Ramsdale, Ruben Corwell as the as a, a genuine number ten. I thought that was his chance, home game on the back of a big win. That was the opportunity to give him in the league. But we go on. Um, tactically, though, Reece says um, when NG goes forward, there's a large gap at right back, and the opposition seemed to pump that ball into that space, which causes us problem. Yeah. So with that, the way that system works is <coughs> if NG goes on the over or underlap with to get up and support Tanner, 
your right-sided midfielder is supposed to drop into the right side of midfield to 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 plug that gap. So maybe they're you know they're still learning that kind of side of the system, and they haven't quite got up to the up to speed with it. But I thought on like, and I'm sure you know there is holes in it, and people are getting used to it. But generally speaking. I thought the system worked against Coventry. Like, I don't think any of the goals came from tactical errors. It was more individual errors or not getting out quick enough for the corner, not being aware of the corner, like with them playing through off the corner instead of shooting and not getting out to it. Um, and the second goal is like a, like in the box, isn't it? Um, Reese says, um, seemed like zonal defensive work last night. NG covers the wing, Tang Tanner covers slightly deeper. I'm a big fan of zonal marking and defending in play, but not set pieces. A few corners made me nervous. So I'm a big fan of so people don't often understand the zonal marking thing and why teams do it. And it's generally, genuinely because if you're if you ever if you do man marking. Players get dragged out of position in set pieces and it can cause mayhem. And it obviously only takes one person to be out of position for ev- for everything to fall fall apart. I'm a big fan of having your a mix. So you have so for instance on a Saturday with us, we have a, zo- a couple of players zonal mark and then a, the rest man mark. So you'll have like someone who's a really good header of the ball. So we all put my son Aiden at the near post in the zone. And then James is at the back post in the zone. So they are there to win headers if it goes to the near or the back post. And then everyone else will mark up the runners. I think we think that's the best way to go. Whereas a lot of teams now will play with the zonal marking because they feel it's easier to hold your position and not get dragged out of position. But I actually think it can create as many problems as it solves because people, I think zonal marking gives forwards particularly an excuse to not kind of do their job defensively off set pieces. Um, Let's have a look. Tommy Tornado says, feels good to be a bluebird right now. Yes, it does, my friends. He said he'd had it all week from Swansea fans, giving it five in a row. Yeah, maybe it will be five in a row for us. You never know. Be interesting if we can go to the Liberty and play like that, like that confidently and that composed on the ball. If we can do that, that's a massive sign of where this team can go under this manager. Matthew says... um, I wasn't a fan of Anwick last season. Thought he wasn't good enough. I'm so glad he's proven me wrong. Super Jack Anwick in goal. He deserves his place, mate. Absolutely deserves to be the number one. And um, it makes me... I cannot believe that... Like, how the hell was Olslop keeping him out of the side? Because they're night and day to me from everything I've seen. It's interesting because... um, I like I've said a few times. I think the managers brought in Runnison to be the guy, and Allslap's playing so well that he can't get him out. Allslap is good off coming to claim corners. He dominates his box. He'll come and get crosses, which is a big thing for keep, like keepers these days. Modern keepers they don't come and get crosses. Alnick will do that. <clears throat> he's quick off his line. He's excellent with his feet, and he's an excellent shot stopper. Like, what more do you want? Uh, like McGuinness, I'm worried that if he continues this form, someone will come a knock in in the summer. Um, Matthew says, uh, just a shame we can't have the attendance we had for Swansea. Nearly 29,000 every game, just over 18 there. I think mate, 18 for a Tuesday night against Coventry is not bad, but I agree, it would be nice if we could fill it up every game. It's always going to be a bit like that, but uh, if we continue this form, I think we'll be averaging closer to 20 by the end of the season. Um, Wales says Grant and Mate out wide look really good. I think they'll get better as the season goes. I think Mate will end up playing through the middle and Ugbo will come off the bench. I, The way the manager's tactically going about things at the moment, I think 
with the squad we've got now, if everyone's fully fit and firing, I think he'll go with Mate or hopefully Robinson as the striker. One of the one of the two. I think he'll go with O'Dowda and Grant as the wingers with Tanner and Bowler. Oh, he might bring he likes Bowler as well. It's difficult. We've got like how refreshing is it to have Bowler, O'Dowda, Mate, Grant, and Tanner. There's five quality wide players. And then you've also got, uh, you know, like a, a Robinson can play wide, a Colwell could play wide, although I don't want to see it. Um, so what, if you've got five wingers, one of them I think is more likely to play in that central role, uh, either as a backup or... So that's why I think when everyone's back and fit, probably a, a Tete might drop out will go on loan. So you could have O'Dowder and Grant as your left side choices and then you could have Tanner and Bowler as your right side choices and then you've got Mate, Ugbo and Robinson as your number nines. I think he seems to like Robinson and number 10. I'm not a fan of that, I gotta say. Um Matt says how come Swansea didn't have their full allocation in the way end it was their alloc- it was their allocation made smaller due to the time of the game. I'm not sure mate to be perfectly honest. Uh, Jonathan says Atete looks like Bambi on ice. Yeah, he's not quite at um, Gusted levels of Bambi on ice, but yeah, I see the see the uh, see the the comparisons. Will says it's hard for Valley's fan base to get down for midweeks games, so we'll always have lower attendances for the Tuesday night. Yeah, it's it's brutal, and it? be nice though. I love the midweek games. I always like the atmospheres. Um. um Reese's mum says, I can only do the weekday games. I love the rainy winter nights at the CCS. Um, Reese says, goals conceded, just like look like tired minds, tired legs. Nothing tactically wrong. Yeah, I think frustrating because they're avoidable. But I do, yeah, I agree. Tired minds, tired legs. But then the first one, I feel like, that early in the game, what was it, like 40 minutes or something, 34. As soon as that corner's headed out, everyone's got to be out quicker. And then that goal's avoided. Um, Reese says, big fan of zonal marking myself, but not on set plays. In open play, we see more zonal, which is great. But set pieces, we should be man for man. Uh, Jonathan says, I think a Jack's away will be a different game. They usually make decent appointments. Can't see Duff still being there. Yeah, I don't think Duff lasts... Till Christmas, I gotta be honest. He doesn't look like a man who's staying there for long. Lorna says, uh, felt good wearing my car shirt into work this week, walking into classrooms, seeing the children's sports onesie. <laughs> um Reese says their chairman Coleman went on a wild rant before accusing Martin of slating the club before leaving, and then said he was happy for him to leave because Duff is the man and it wasn't his personal choice. Yeah, mate. It's weird because Duff's got a pretty good recent record. I think he's got a couple of promotions under his belt and stuff like that. Like, it's not working for him though. They, um, they, I, you know, it made me chuckle last night. And I, I kind of checked the results with about, I don't know, 10 minutes to go of the other games. And Swansea were winning 1 0. And I was like, ah, oh, no, I hope we haven't like awoken them and kick started their season by comfortably beating them. And then they conceded a late goal, and I was like, yes, there we go. Um, I'm not bitter, just it is what it is, isn't it? It's rivalry, but they've been not good, not good at all. So I feel like they've got to do something to, they've got to do something to stop the rock, because I tell you what, the way the championship games come thick and fast, another, what, month? of this sort of form and they are in bang in trouble for like relegation and stuff like that. Bang in trouble because so we're not going to tell you more. You know, they're down, their form is literally, there's only two other teams with a similar form and they're Middlesbrough and Sheffield Wednesday in the bottom. And I tell you what, like, Outside of Rotherham, we've only got a point more. There's already a four-point gap to QPR at 20th. So, 
and Stoke. So you've got QPR, Stoke, Plymouth, and Coventry all on seven. And then it goes up to eight, nine, ten. So a few weeks more of like they've worked, they've lost three of the last five, drawn the other two. That's the same for all three of the bottom clubs. They could be in real trouble. I'm starting to worry about Michael Carrick at, at Middlesbrough, you know, even though as a Middlesbrough's, Middlesbrough's owner is superb, like Gibson will give give him time to turn around and, and stuff like that. But um, they haven't won a game and they're struggling, which is mental considering how good they were last year. Like, it's absolutely insane. The championship is mad. And their next three games are Southampton, which is going to be tough. Then they play Bradford in the EFL Cup, and then they play uh, Watford away. Like, they could easily lose all three of them. Like, Bradford, all right, they should win. But, like, they, I just think <clears throat> if they lose to Bradford in the League Cup and then lose to Southampton and Middlesbrough, next three, I think he's gone. So like a Swansea's next few games, should we? Let's have a chuckle. Uh, 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 Joe Allen's out for a while as well. It's a blow for him because they'll lose the experience. Um, Swansea versus Sheffield Wednesday. Millwall versus Swansea. And Norwich. Well, i tell you what. Obviously, they'll be looking at the Sheffield Wednesday game as a winnable game. Home to Sheffield Wednesday where one but last in the league but um i could easily see him losing millwall away and i could easily see him losing to norwich then they play plymouth leicester watford blackburn some tough games championship is tough um matthew says we'd love to chat Cardiff city boys at sheffield wednesday to do a job on the jacks this week absolutely but sheffield wednesday can get in a bin anyway because of the way they treated Darren Moore. Oh, look, someone else says, Reese says, Sheffield Wednesday getting what they deserve for a disgusted abuse they gave Darren Moore. Hope they go down with a whimper. Yeah, that was so weird, wasn't it? And it just made them look even worse when they came back from it. Like, just embarrassing. Um, Quick couple of questions for you guys then. Who, outside of the obvious ones, Who's impressed you for Cardiff this year? Who's quietly gone about their business and you've been like, oh, wow, he's a player. Um, you tell me yours and then I'll tell you mine. Who has impressed you for Cardiff City this year? The manager has uh, really impressed me. Um, well, another thing which was interesting, Steve Borley said that Aaron Ramsey said back in March to him that um, <coughs> if he came back he wanted to take uh, when he comes back he wants to take the penalties which is really interesting because that means they were talking to him in March which is mental um, Reese's mum says uh, Tanner and Ruben Corwell good shouts Jonathan says Syopis Syopis what a sign in do you know what right I'm sure there was a YouTube channel somewhere who did like a scout report on him and said he's going to be exactly what Cardiff City need I'm sure there's someone out there who said it, but I don't know. Maybe we'll find them one day. Collins is impressing me more and more with every game. Yeah, right there, Matt says that. Yeah, the thing with Jamalu Collins, and this is why I kept saying when people were getting a bit worried about him and stuff, is, like, give him time to settle in. He has such a bad injury, man. He was out for so long. It just, it was going to take time for just him to settle back into it. He needed that big 50-50 tackle. And um, it came versus the Jacks, which is great to see. And, um, yeah, just one of them things. Like, it just was going to take him a bit of time to get through. I think he's been absolutely outstanding since. Last two games, particularly, I thought Jamalu Collins has been superb. Um, let's see. Tommy Tornado says Tanner. And uh, NG, NG has just been. I've I've always been a big fan, but NG been proper good, so good this year. Uh, Reese says Wintle looks a different player this year. NG looks so much better overall. Our midfield trio is just great to see. I haven't commanded a midfield in years. Reminds me of McPhail, Gavin Ray, and Whittenham. Yeah, mate. Um, if you remember, remember when we were talking about. 
like Ramsey coming in and it was kind of rumoured and, you know, we were pretty sure, but we weren't sure and whatnot. Like I was saying that they could be an incredible signing, but we had to get the right midfielders behind him. And I felt like Wintel and Rawls as a two wasn't it for whatever, just not the right combination to get the best out of Aaron Ramsey. And I, I, I really, I, I stick by that, mate. I gotta say, um, I think Sarpis is perfect for what they needed, and he's really, really shown that you don't have to be a big name to 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 be what the team needs. You don't have to be a superstar to come in. And change a team like he has changed that Cardiff's team, but he's not just a a destroyer. He's good on the ball, man. Like he comes, drops in, get, takes the ball off McGuinness, and he'll fire like he, about twenty minutes in to the Swansea game. He picked it up in midfield and he fired um, like a 50, 60 yard pass out to the left wing to Grant, pinpoint accuracy. Set us on the break. About five minutes later, he goes the other way out to whoever it was on the right. And it was like, I, and that was what I don't want to like keep going on. But like when I did that little scout report on him and we looked at why, why he was going to be good for Cardiff, that was one of the things which I said. He said he's got a real good switch ball in him and um, he just hasn't disappointed. He reminds me of Gary Medal. Um, I gotta be honest, it was far too good to ever play for Cardiff City, by the way. But um, you know, it is. Um Reese says I do. We said we needed a passer, someone good on the ball, Norwood, etc. Cyopis was a left field signing. Not what a play, but what a player does three jobs in one. Great engine, tackles, passing is something else. Calm. Yeah, and do you know what's been really pleasing about him? Is I thought he I I was confident that he was gonna be all those things. But I wondered whether he was going to have a, a red card in him, like, um, like Gary Medal used to have him. But yeah, he seems to be like super calm on the ball. He seems to be quite clever on the ball. Um, his positions, everything which he takes. Um, so mine, for a sort of underrated player this year, um, is Mark McGuinness. I think Mark McGuinness this year has been absolutely superb. I don't think he's barely put a foot wrong. He's, he's passing, his short and long-range passing. I think, again, Cyopis wanting the ball is very different to... Look, and I'm going to say this. I don't want it to seem like I'm criticising Joe Perp, like, nastily. I'm not. I just think it's a, a maybe a bit of a hole in his game. Or, I don't know. So... Sometimes I think Joe Rawls will hide behind the striker or the number 10 so the pass is blocked off. Now, it might just be a positional. I don't think he's hiding because he's not brave enough to want the ball in those deep areas. I don't think it's that. I think maybe his positional is just slightly off. But Cyopis, he goes deep and he gets the ball. And if he doesn't come right back to get it, he'll find like these little pockets of space in the midfield in our half to get the ball, but he receives it under pressure. So McGuinness can give it to Cyopis and then move further forward himself and get the ball a bit further forward and then play a longer ball. And I just, like Cyopis has made a massive difference to McGuinness, to Rawls, to the wingers. I think he's given NG and Collins confidence to do the role that, the manager wants them to do this kind of inverted this it's almost like amalgamation of the inverted fullback and the traditional fullback because they do do the inverted thing where they go into midfield and get an overload but they also do the thing of like over overlapping and underlapping the winger so they do both but only one of them goes um Reese says his reading of the game is so far ahead of everyone else's. Can see where the ball is, knows where everyone is on the pitch. Him and Ramsey finding space and being calm on the ball settles us. Yeah, mate, as I said to you, right, 
Um, oh, Man United have scored. Hoyland has scored for United. Would you believe? And Harry Kane hasn't scored a goal yet. Um, in my opinion, right, just to finish off, Cardiff's best form of defence is their possession football at the moment. A massive part of that is Mark McGuinness, Sarpis, Ramsey, the spine of the team, because they're all com comfortable on the ball. They'll all find these little pockets of space. They'll all drop in. But it's also making Wintle show what he can do on, on the ball. So everyone who's thought, oh, you know, um, uh, Ryan Wintle's defensive midfielder, blah, blah, blah. Like, Ryan Wintle is a good defensive midfielder. But he's also a good footballer, I think he's shown in the last few games. I thought he was really good last night against Coventry. Like, on the ball and creating good vision, good just moving the ball from side to side, finding those little pockets of space, getting it in behind the fullbacks. That's something he's never shown before because he's never been in the position to do it. <clears throat> um, right, guys. Um, I'm going to wrap it up there. I want to say uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, listen, right, one thing I will quickly say. Um, <clears throat> if you guys think that the talk, like me talking about the games and stuff, if you don't like the kind of tact tactical side of it or you think I'm delving too deep into that side of it, that's fine. And I can, you know, we can do something different. We can talk more generally speaking and stuff like that. Um, but also... You know, it interests me. I I like it, and I think it's uh, it's better. You know, I'd like to do things properly in the end of the day, and um, you know, I like to dig deep into football. I like to dip dig deep into my team. Um, I will do my best, absolute best, to do a preview for later this week. Um, for the Sunderland game, the problem I've got is my oldest son is going to university on Saturday. So I've got to take him up there and stuff. Um, so it's a really busy week. I will do my best to record it tomorrow and then get it out Friday, Saturday. Um, if I can't get it out, I'll do a live stream Saturday night and do a live preview. So keep a lookout. Um, Roger Giggs and football tomorrow. There's no episode of Rise of the Panthers on Friday this week. Long story, but that'll be back the following week. Saturday, if you haven't watched the Rise of the Panthers episode on the YouTube channel, can you please do it? It's only like 30 minutes long, I suppose. Um, support the boys, make some noise and all that good stuff. Drop a comment, please. Really helps us out in this as well. Just drop comments, not in the live chat, like underneath, because that helps me massively. If you can... Sign up to Patreon, £2. We have lots of fun discussions. And uh, it literally just keeps the lights on, keeps keeps the channel moving, helps us get going. Um, Saturday, brand new episode of My Story featuring uh, Leroy Brito. I shared a story in that, which I absolutely should not have shared. And I said something, which I really regret saying. And I hope my wife never sees. I might even take it out. I don't know yet. But uh, that's out on Saturday as well. Um, so look out for either a Cardiff City versus Sunderland preview video, which will be out probably Friday. If it's not out on Friday, I'm going to do a live sort of 40 minutes Saturday night talking about Cardiff and Sunderland and do the preview live. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Big up yourself. Sports Social Podcast Network.